Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Francesco Pavone. I'm your host. And today, me and you and Andre, one of the coach of the tight t-shirt transformation, will talk about aggressive deficit for fat loss. So I was very grateful to have Andre for the first time on the podcast. And with him, we'll talk about the pro and cons of aggressive deficit. Who is uh, aggressive deficit good for? Um, how long should you do it for? Should you change your training during this phase? And uh, as well, uh, other things uh, such as uh, which food should you eat during this uh, phase? So in this way, you'll be able to understand if uh, aggressive deficit is something that you should look at or um, if you should uh, focus on a more conservative approach. So I really hope that you will enjoy this conversation with uh, Andre. And if you didn't check it, uh, make sure uh, to listen to episode 45 uh, about food reward, where uh, I talk about uh, the surprising reason why we're getting fat without uh, noticing. And uh, I always appreciate feedback because that allows me to create better content. And if you do appreciate uh, this uh, conversation with Andre, make sure to leave a review from the platform you are listening from. And long further ado, let's get to it. Hi, Andre. How is it going? How's life? Hello, Francesco. I'm really good right now. Really happy to get involved into this podcast, especially after we've done our first live on Instagram as well. So looking yeah. forward to this. It's a pleasure to have you here on the show. And uh, I'm um, so happy as well to introduce uh, today's topic. And um, of course, we are talking about uh, calorie deficit, fat loss, uh, metabolism. And in particular, we're going to focus on uh, aggressive calorie deficit. Now, me and Andre are uh, evidence-based coaches. So you probably hear us uh, very often talking about uh, um, how important it is uh, to be flexible with your diet, with your approach to training and nutrition so that you can be sustainable uh, because it's on the long term that uh, you produce the best results, especially in terms of fat loss. And that's for most of the people. But there are some contexts, there, there is some place for an aggressive approach to dieting. So we are going to talk about that uh, in particular. So I'd love to hear um, from you, Andre. Basically, when we talk about uh, metabolism, you know, just uh, in terms of uh, um, you know, what uh, is it that somebody needs in terms of energy um, for, to sustain his lifestyle. Now, we know that we depend on food to survive. And we all know that we have different uh, energy expenditure. We have different metabolism. We have different size and height uh, and lifestyles. So when we talk about metabolism, um, we refer generally to the amount of energy that our body needs to sustain all the things we do in our life. And uh, what, uh, what, like where in particular those calories come from? Why do we need a certain, I don't know, 2,000 or 3,000 calories? Uh, um, would you like to kind of... Uh, yeah, introduce that uh, a little bit. Yes, definitely. So I think <clears throat> it's pretty important to divide this um, metabolism discussion in two main categories. We have the theoretical-based category and then we have the practical one. And just starting by talking about the theoretical one because that's where we uh, have all the principles based on. Um, the main element is resting metabolic rate or something which is pretty similar with BMR, basal metabolic rate. And those are the number of calories that a person would need 
just to just to sustain simple um daily basically being alive just to make it more simple just being alive without considering any type of activity breathing and being alive so let's say that i'm uh, waking up uh, and i stay in bed and i look at the ceiling all day that would be pretty much what my body needs uh, to stay alive that day yeah i think simplified that would be pretty much it okay cool on top of that obviously that would be the, the the main element in in literature you'll find different terms for for that you have resting metabolic rate which is a bit higher than basal metabolic rate and i don't even want to go in detail about those elements because to an extent they not going to matter that much what's pretty important is that those elements no matter that you talk about rmr or bmr they will make about 70 percent of your daily expenditure so just by being alive basically you burn the most of calories now on top of that we have obviously different um other factors which will influence our energy expenditure one of them which i think is pretty important and a lot of us are neglecting it in our daily routines is non-exercise uh, activity through non-exercise activity energy expenditure is basically all the tasks that we do on a daily basis but they don't involve structured activities yeah so here we can talk about walking we can talk about gardening we can talk about any social events in which we will move in any form and type yeah now there are other elements as well we have term thermic effect of food uh, here we talk about the digestion of products because when we eat we consume energy in the same time just to be able to absorb those nutrients from the food um, here we can talk about macros and probably we're going to get in details about this a bit later on how we can influence to an extent the thermic, thermic effect of food but this is not as much adjustable as for example can be non-exercise activity or actually physical activity when we talk about structured routine in terms of activity we can talk about a training session in the gym we can talk about playing football with some friends yeah awesome so when uh, you say i think it's uh, thanks for the explanation it's very clear and uh, the i think the most interesting part as well uh, the, based on what you said is uh, that the basal metabolic rate uh, make up uh, to 70 percent of someone's energy expenditure but it's not uh, influenceable so much we can't change it uh, like people have the misconception that uh, they are going to gain one kilo of muscle and they're going to burn so many more calories but it's not a reality, it's not uh, how it works. And, uh, um, or uh, they as well say, oh, I'm working out four, four times a week, so I'm burning more calories, but I'm not seeing a reduction in body fat or uh, in weight. So when you said that, um, you know, the non-exercise activity thermogenesis, the NEAT, um, would you, so those are all the activities uh, that we do in the day that are not related to our workouts. So it could be like fidgeting, um, it could be you know just standing up often, uh, or just the daily steps is a perfect indicator for that because you're going to do some daily steps at the end of the day, whether you try or not, you're going to go to the loo, cooking, go to grocery. So the, um, I find it very interesting that lean people on, on in general, they have a high non-exercise activity thermogenesis. It's not they have a, a good metabolism, they have a good me basal metabolic rate, but they are also active. And uh, if you take another example, it's like uh, an engineer which, who sits all day 
and a waiter. Well, they are going to have, uh, the, the engineer might even have a great genetic and have a super fast basal metabolic, super high basal metabolic rate, but the waiter is gonna easily burn way more than the engineer. So I think it's an important distinction that we have to make that uh, when we talk metabolism and we say that someone has a fast metabolism or a high energy expenditure, it's not necessarily related to genetic, but most of the time it's down to the lifestyle. Would you, would you agree on that? Or would you say that as well, the other um, part of the metabolism can be enhanced a lot? Well, I think um, to, to 95%, I, I, I agree with you. We have those 5% in which we can talk about people which have to an extent similar types of uh, daily routines and to be honest, you see a massive difference in terms of how many calories one is to have to lose weight and the other one is to, to have to lose weight. And again, here we talk about, as you said, we talk about other elements and probably muscle mass would be an element which will influence the, the overall outcome. But when we talk about strictly comparison to people with the same body composition, uh, with the same height, weight, gender as well, we, we get to the same idea. Yep. Yeah, and I cringe when uh, people uh, maybe tell me, oh, Francesco, yeah, you're gaining muscle, so you burn more calories. And uh, if there is uh, like, that might be like a whole list of reasons why I'm building muscle or a list of benefits that are linked with uh, a bigger body mass, bigger muscles that are not uh, burning more calories, right? Um, so, okay. Um, very interesting. And uh, when, uh, let's say, let's give an example of someone who is, uh, who needs 2000 calories just to sustain the lifestyle. He's working out three times a week, um, sometimes with weights, sometimes with body weight, sometimes with classes, but it's like an hour of workout for three times a week. Uh, it's pretty active, not crazy active. It's not like, a, um, you know, like, um, yeah, like my dad is uh, carrying you know, furniture up and down his client stairs for 12 hours a day. Now, let's say that he's someone who is pretty active in terms of steps, like he does 10,000 steps a day, but he stays seated as a job. Um, so he burns, he needs 2000 calories. So let's say that we want to drop body fat. What would you say is like a realistic uh, amount of calories that that person needs to lose uh, weight in a sustainable and flexible way so that he can enjoy a bit of social life but that after 12 to um, 24 weeks he will actually reach his fitness goals his body composition goals so when we talk specifically about the number of calories the the, the usual reduction in calories in which we we want to um, we will see a difference we talk about 300 to 500 calories but again that will be highly dependent on on the person uh, weight, for instance, because in some cases you might want to decide the calorie deficit depending on the percentage of um, of the total uh, calories in terms of maintenance, if that makes sense. So let's say if we have a, a maintenance, you said of 2000 calories, we might want to have um, a deficit of, um, let's say, um, 10%. Um, so that would be will be two, 200 calories. Yeah. Uh, so we can take into account um, deficits depending on percentages. Um, but the usual, the standard version in, is the one in which you just assume that 300 to 500 calories will do pretty much the job in the first phase. 
Yeah. But that again depends on on body weight. As you said, if someone has two thousand calories as the maintenance, he would be pretty easy to drop five hundred. They will still have three meals of five hundred calories, which is decent. But when we talk about a female which has forty five kg, maybe fifty kg, and they their um, maintenance is about fourteen hundreds. You'll be, you wouldn't be that smart to have a calorie deficit of 500. So in that type of scenarios, you might be able to take uh, percentages rather than standard amounts, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Uh, and uh, I think like I'm aligned with your position. Uh, um, if, uh, let's say for simplicity, for the people who are listening, uh, let's keep the example of someone who is eating 2000 calories, tracking food, and uh, he's maintaining his weight. So that's his baseline. And... Uh, for, based on what you said, I can, if I can chip in, um, I think uh, you gave right um, values um, and you can always double check with your body weight because uh, the problem is that many people, uh, they say, actually, I am in a calorie deficit for a week and I'm not losing weight. And it's like, okay, that is an example that you are not in a calorie deficit, okay? You think you are. Um, but either there is a leak in the tracking or simply you're not moving enough for what you're eating for your body type, height and size and age. Um, and uh, I think like if you just look at the body weight loss per week, depending on how much body fat you have at the beginning, you want to aim between uh, 0.5 to 1.5 of uh, percent of your body weight of your starting body weight so let's say you are 100 kilos you want to lose between 500 grams and one kilo and a half per week the more body fat you have the higher uh, the faster you can aim for in terms of weight loss um, i think most people they land between 0.5 and 1 unless you have a lot of body fat to start with and then you can afford to lose faster um, but it's gonna sl slow down anyway yeah Okay, so that's pretty conservative. So let's say 2000 calories, uh, let's say that you start creating a deficit of 500 calories a day. That doesn't mean that you eat 1500 calories. It might be that you eat 1800 calories and you burn 300 extra calories from more activity. Like if you move from doing 2000 steps to 8000 steps, well, that's a pretty big difference. I saw like many people progressing a lot in terms of fat loss, but just increasing 2000 steps a day, which was cool. Because, yeah, walking more is what I call a low-hanging fruit. It's like, honestly, I work seated on Monday doing all the check-ins with the people in the Thai T-shirt transformation. And uh, if I don't think about it, uh, I do 100 steps. But if I have like a little reminder every three hours to stand up often, well, I walk in the room and at the end of the day, I do 8,000 steps, which is a pretty big difference. Um, Let's say instead, so that would be conservative. Probably the person will not feel so hungry, will be a little hungry, um, but not so much to kind of interfere with the other things that are going on in that person's life. Um, what would you say, let, just to start with, uh, is instead an aggressive calorie deficit? What would be a good, uh, like, aggressive deficit for someone who maintains his body weight at 2,000 calories? Uh, again, so I would consider once I'm moving towards more aggressive, I wouldn't consider as much number of calories, but percentages. Yes. So I would say 0.4 would be an aggressive type of, of uh, deficit. So talking about 0.4, you just uh, make 2000 calories times 0.4 and the result will be the number of calories. 
which I don't have a calculator for me, to be honest. It would be 400 calories if you were eating 1,000 calories and then so 800 calories for... Yeah. 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 Okay, so yeah, if you've been uh, tracking a little bit uh, and uh, you realize that you're eating like between 1,500 and 2,000 calories, you know how hard it is to eat 800 calories. And uh, I think like on this side, especially us that we see the research, um, like we know that how important it is uh, to be consistent with your approach because, uh, you know, you might even be good in doing like an extreme low calorie deficit, but... If you think, for example, you're not tracking on Sunday, on one day, and you're eating back the calories, uh, um, then you're not really in a 800 calories deficit, but you're more, um, like the deficit is uh, smaller. And uh, we tend to don't recommend that. So let's uh, give a little bit of context. Uh, if there are cases, in your opinion, where you can prescribe, you can suggest someone to go really aggressive with this fat loss, and uh, yeah, so we can uh, help uh, like people listening understand if it's something that would be valuable for them or if they should focus on a conservative approach. Yeah, so I think it depends on the context. It's as simple as it is. It depends on the context. And we need to take into account different, different aspects. First is what is the client desire? What do they want to achieve? Do they have a specific uh, event that they want to prepare for. If someone comes to me and they say, you know, in three months I have my wedding, I really want to lose this amount of weight, I want to look in this way, um, that will be one of the cases in which you settle uh, a deadline. And in those type of scenarios, you, you know that is not something which you want to sustain for a long period of time. So it's going to be for a short period of time in which you can uh, be a bit more aggressive uh, being aware of the fact that once you finish the aggressive phase, you honna, you're going to have your deadline, what's so called deadline, and after you're going to have uh, a stage in which you, you try to gradually get, uh, depending on the stage where, where you got, gradually get back to a healthy level in terms of body composition or try to maintain that and gradually increase the calories in a way that will allow you to make it sustainable. So first one would be the uh, deadline. Do you have a deadline for it? Is this something specific that you want to get ready for? Are you a bodybuilder? Do you want to compete? Guys, go back, uh, listen to this again, make sure that you take notes because uh, this is very important, like multiphasic approach. You're not going to do this forever. Don't start day one uh, eating 800 calories a day and thinking that you have to do it for months and months and months. This is something that you're probably here for a very short period of time compared to someone who does a more conservative approach. So really like that, Andre. Yeah, please keep going. <laughs> so obviously that would be the, the first aspect. Now, when we talk back to the context, even though some people have a background, there are some red flags which you need to address all the time. Because in some cases, it might be that your health is more important than the deadline that you set for yourself. So here we talk about psychological state. Being aggressive with your diet is going to be hard. It can result sometimes in, you know, um, eating disorders. And that's something which happens nowadays as well. So if someone is not ready to go for those stages of aggress aggressive dieting, it might be better of not going through at all and choose a sustainable approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. What do you think? Yeah, I totally agree. You don't want to sacrifice like your mental health uh, for a body composition goal, not at or like uh, the time with your family or uh, other aspects of your business. Like uh, you don't want that uh, to affect your uh, like the rest uh, of your life uh, to the extent where it becomes a problem. Okay. Yeah, I totally agree on that too. 
And uh, yeah, if I can actually add something, like I think uh, there is, um, I can't remember the, um, 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 the main researcher of the study, but uh, there is uh, a study that I remember, it was uh, over a six months uh, period of time where, uh, and I'm so sorry if I'm moving my hands like an Italian, but uh, there is a fly going around my head, uh, very annoying. And uh, the, basically, you, they, they divided the people in different groups with different calorie deficit to show if uh, a more aggressive deficit was produce, would produce better results. And the most interesting thing like the, um, was that the people in the study were eating about 900 calories a day or like 890. Um, and basically, they would, uh, compared to the other groups, uh, they lost 15% of their initial body weight. So a person of 100 kilos would go down to 85 kilos uh, and reducing body fat in only 10 to 11 weeks on average. Um, after the 10 to 11 weeks, they reverted their diet back to maintenance and they continue until the six months mark at the maintenance. And they still produce a better fat loss than the people with a higher uh, calorie. Uh, amount, so a, a smaller calorie deficit. Uh, I think what that tells us, uh, it's um, uh, that is possible, but as you say, like, uh, is literally the less uh, you eat, the faster you will lose weight, but that will come at a cost, like you said, the risk of rebound, it's even higher. And that's, we have research to show that uh, a more aggressive deficit will uh, um, increase the risk that someone will gain back the weight straight after the diet is finished. So I totally agree with you when you say that, uh, you know, you shouldn't do that uh, like um, to without knowing the be the benefit and the risk involved. So totally yeah. agree on, on you. Yeah, probably something you feel right now as well, or you're going to feel in the next couple of weeks because you have your photo shoot. But we we often see those people in which have have went for an aggressive um, deficit and they go to a stage where you know, they just finish a meal and they feel hungry. They yeah. they eat one, two meals and they, they, because of those hormonal change, because of those biological fluctuations, because of those uh, appetite signaling um, uh, factors as well. And you basically get to a stage where you, you, you are not in a, in a normal um, healthy level in terms of body composition, composition, which is going to affect other factors and if you don't know how to manage those elements i think that's where a coach could could be pretty helpful yeah. uh, in you getting out of those uh, stages yeah and i think like you mentioned something very important that uh, uh, i like to repeat and to um, um, highlight for the people who are listening because like when we say calorie deficit you mentioned now adaptation and uh, you might read like when you read about fat loss like this metabolic adaptation during a fat loss phase and it's nothing complicated. It's just like our body shutting down a little bit to preserve our mass. Our body likes to stay stable. There is something called homeostasis, which is our biochemical balance. And that is in terms of as well of body weight. There is a range of weight where our body feels comfortable and healthy and safe. And a lot higher than that and a lot lower than that. So when you try to lose like 10, 15 kilos of weight, your body will not like it. And as you decrease the calorie intake, we see from the research that uh, our energy expenditure goes down. But why our body is spending less uh, energy? Well, because we are moving less without knowing. 
um, I, I'm sure that you, Andre, met people that uh, were like, uh, oh, I don't know why in, I always eat the same, but 10 years ago, I was 10 kilos lighter. And I do the same job. I always go to the gym three times. Uh, and those people, they miss a piece of the puzzle that is uh, usually they don't track their activi activity. And uh, slowly over the years, uh, they were doing 20,000 steps and then five, like 15 and then 12 and 10. And now they are doing like five. Uh, and so they're gaining weight. That's um, important to consider as well when we say deficit. You might just eat the same and move more and you can create a deficit. Okay. That's one of, that's one of the elements which people which are getting older are struggling with. Yes. And a lot of people think about it as metabolism. A lot of people think about it as, you know, I'm older, it's going to be harder for me to lose weight. Whereas if you look at the research, uh, we, can't, we cannot correlate those elements, but there is an association between the fact that once we get older, the level of activities will always decrease. And that's one of the main elements of people gaining weight and losing muscles while they are yeah. getting older. Awesome. And uh, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, those people, they're usually like more on the couch. They, when, they, when they say actually their metabolism is slower, but because they are moving less uh, apart from their workouts. So that's something that is, uh, I think, empowering because you can change it. It's so easy to just think about it. Yeah. And um, if we can move on on the aggressive calorie deficit side. So just to be like very clear, um, maybe we can like brainstorm a little bit, uh, what would be a bad, like the pro, the main few pros of doing an aggressive deficit. Uh, and then we move on into the cons and who is it good for? Well, you need to give me some time to think about it because it's a very complex discussion. Whenever you get into an aggressive um, calorie deficit, there could be some pro in pro uh, factors in long-term, but in the same time, aggressive calorie deficit is something which will put your body in a place of of uh, increased sensitivity from an immune response perspective. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's very, very hard to, to create a clear comparison in terms of a health perspective, because here we don't talk about uh, body composition and fat levels only, but here we talk about immune system, here we talk about psychological state, all those elements which in the end will play a role in health. Yeah. When we talk specifically about um, body composition um i think if that answer the questions is people which are at a greater risk of develop developing cardiovascular issues people with increased uh levels of fat percentage those will initially benefit the most uh for an aggressive calorie deficit but that again comes with side effects so it's never one-sided and one-sided story yeah 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 Totally agree. And uh, like, if uh, I need to pick up like a few benefits, like a few pros of doing an aggressive deficit, uh, and to give a little bit of context, I'm doing an aggressive deficit this week. So until Thursday, I'm going to eat uh, about 1,200 calories a day. I'm 90 kilos and 180 centimeters. So I have muscle, I've built uh, um, probably around uh, like uh, 15 to 20 kilos of muscle in the last four years so i definitely feel the hunger you know it's uh how we say in italian the blanket is short and um yeah it's uh, there are some issues with like the logistical side of it because you need to be organized like you don't don't just want to butcher down the calories you also want to focus on protein because you want to preserve muscle mass so yeah like 
when you go really low, like we're talking 1,200, but you were mentioning 800 calories. And we have people in the study where they were eating 890 calories. So um, it's possible and it's really challenging though. You focus on eating a lot of protein, some healthy fats, um, not a lot though, and uh, mainly veg vegetables. And um, I think the most uh, interesting side of it uh, is that uh, you have fast progress. You want to lose body fat. And uh, if you think that to lose a kilo of body fat, you need to create a deficit of 7,000 calories on average or just roughly. Um, well, if you create uh, a thousand calorie deficit a day, um, you know, you lose a kilo a week. Um, so that's pretty fast and that's pretty motivating, like motivating in terms of uh, um, consistency. So I would say that uh, is one of the best uh, benefit of it. Um, I can also, we can also argue um, that um, since the, the, the total length of the diet is shorter, if your goal is to also build muscle and lose fat, let's say that on the long term, you just want to look better. You want to have more cures, less fat, more definition, more toned muscle. Well, you know, you, you're going to need time. You're, gonna, you're going to need time to build muscle. And uh, if you spend half of the year to lose fat and then only half of the year to build muscle, your progress is not going to be as fast. I mean, this is my argument than uh, doing, uh, say, 10 months of uh, uh, building muscle and then two months uh, of aggressive deficit. Now, I totally agree with you um, that there are some downsides. Um, I mean, like, um, yeah, you can spend more time in the surplus. Uh, and yeah, the total di the duration of the diet is going to be inferior. But the downside probably exceed the benefit. Um, so you need to be really careful uh, if uh, like to understand if it's something that is good for you that you can actually do without any major consequences. So you mentioned something about the risk of rebound when you do an aggressive deficit. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? So I think when it comes to that, a lot of people don't have the long-term vision of what it takes to go for an aggressive pace and then going back to gradually increasing back calories. Yeah. So the first element is patience and having long-term vision is no more it's not that much about the fact that we don't know how to control it is that we don't have the patience to go through all the stages so no one will get through an aggressive phase and then will they will just rebound for no reason they will rebound because they don't have a plan in place but they'll rebound because they don't have the patience to get back gradually and i think that's the the, the main element and the, the biggest problem we struggle with yeah and in all those st uh, studies as well is not like something which comes and is unexpected. You know, you there are some biological factors which are changing within the body. You're going to feel much more hungry. Uh, it's going to be harder for you to control and to keep under control hungerness, uh, appetite, and all the other factors. And by understanding emotionally and having the knowledge to deal with those elements will make it easier for you to be able to go through all those stages. But I think a lot of people rebound as simple as it is because they don't understand what it takes to go through all those stages and they don't have the patience to do so. Yeah, I totally agree. And so if you are listening, don't do that. If you don't know how to revert your aggressive deficit back to maintenance or slight surplus. 
So if uh, you don't have a plan, uh, you're just butchering down the calories and eating just chicken and vegetables, uh, don't do it and expect or do it uh, and expect to gain all the weight back in a very short period of time. So you need to be okay with that because yeah, if you're prepared, then there is no surprise and you don't need to freak out. Um, yeah. Um, did you have in mind any other downside of it? I have only a few. I really like the, the the pro that you mentioned, and that's I wanted to touch upon that again. I know I'm going to just get back to it, but indeed creating momentum, that's unbelievable in coaching. Once you get someone to build up that momentum and see progress on a weekly basis every two weeks, they will just get going, you know, and that's what's the most important aspect to an extent. Um, so definitely that's a massive pro to an aggressive calorie deficit. I actually have about one two two clients at the moment which are going for an aggressive calorie deficit yeah and they are coming to the check-ins and they are like because they they i explained to them you know this is what we need to do it's going to take this is the plan you have to see the long-term vision and they see really good progress in a short period of time and that for them is really motivating as you said and that makes them keep going and that's to an extent what you need to to do in order to get results especially initially yeah um now getting back to the against factors um do you have anything that you want to share while i just put some four into it because there are quite a few and yeah well i would say that in this period you're gonna feel crap like uh, you're going to eat like half like if you were eating 2000 calories it's less than half than before i mean i was building muscle on uh, over 3000 calories a day not crazy high like compared to my size but like i definitely feel it like i'm empty i'm just eating like a little bird so i think like you don't notice it straight away but if you prolong it for at least a month such aggressive deficit um you are going to notice a drop in what you can do at the gym like uh, there's no way you're gonna do a pr in that week uh, um your uh, total work capacity will probably decrease a lot you might gain a little bit of body weight strength just because you are a bit lighter um yes and then uh, i would say so like don't try to any one rep marks uh, any test uh, like just Take it easy with your training because you are trying to preserve body mass at the moment, okay? You're probably doing this because you want to improve your body composition. So don't do silly things with your training. And um, I would say that as well, uh, like if you have a past of binge eating and anorexia or anyway, like uh, uh, eating disorder, don't do it because uh, I think it's one of those techniques that for those kind of people will... Um, uh, bring back the black and white mentality in regards to food or like okay ah food is bad so i'm gonna butcher it down and really go very extreme until like the the um, uh, problem is fixed and then i can live my life and it doesn't work like that you should be like um it, it, there shouldn't be any emotion in, involved with food like uh, when you go very aggressive food becomes a function right you just uh, in fact uh, should focus on the food that, that fill you up and we can talk about that in a second. Um, I think the other cons is the, as I said earlier, the practicality of it. So you end up eating very little. And that's something that people don't realize. They say, yeah, yeah, I want to do this. But then when they sit down, they don't remember what they said like a couple of years, uh, a couple of hours before. So they sit down and they expect and then to eat like at least something. And they realize that 800 calories or 1,000 calories is very, very little food. So um, 
yeah, I, I think the practicality of practical side of it, uh, of eating very little, it's a massive downside for most people. Yeah, and just to, to get back to it again, when we talk about performance, there are the results of performance as well when you talk about risk of injuries and recovery recovery is a big element because it takes so much longer to recover after a session have clients which <clears throat> had to decrease their calories and <clears throat> they are doing the same sessions and they they get back to me and after two or three days they are like telling me you know i i feel like i haven't recovered after the same session i i was doing a couple of weeks ago and i was fine after 24 hours now it takes me 72 hours and i still feel tired so Again, when you talk about recovery, recovery will be to an extent related to potential risk of injuries. We cannot predict uh, injuries, but to an extent, when we talk about uh, links between nutrition and risk of injury, that's a big element I'm, I'm interested in. And um, being cautious about how you perform volume intensity, that's going to be something really important. And when you think about the performance side of it, it's definitely going to be a con. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you might struggle to sleep too, because uh, um, perhaps you just feel hungry and you can't sleep anymore. Like uh, that, that can happen. And then, you know, we know how important it is to keep sleep quality and quantity for health, uh, body composition as well, uh, and fat loss too. So you get a bad night's sleep uh, the day after you're going to feel pulled towards those cookies and that's all right. Uh, um, but it's gonna, you, you will need a bit of discipline and willpower uh, uh, stuff that you don't necessarily need when you build like a sustainable approach to diet, you can just build a system and uh, just execute it. And um, that's fine because you take a longer approach. So you have more space for like, uh, oh, an imperfect week. Um, okay. And uh, who would you say, you mentioned something earlier, but I love like to get a bit of clarity on that. Um, who would you say is good for? Like uh, a massive deficit. So again, so good in terms of we, we have to make the differences here, good in terms of health or good in terms of someone who prepares for a competition, because if you talk about competition and bodybuilding levels, definitely is going to be good for someone who's going to get on the stage. When we talk about health, um, I think the people which are um, having currently increased level of body fat percentages might be able to see better progress in a short period of time and they could create that momentum. Um, again, um, I think the gender factor can play an important role in this. So uh, when it comes to my clients, I'm more confident, to be honest, with having an aggressive calorie deficit with males than to females, because when we talk about females, when we talk about menstrual cycle, uh, things are getting a bit more complicated. And from that perspective, when we're comparing males to females, uh, we talk about muscle composition, we talk about height, weight, uh, all those aspects make the male structure to be, uh, to fit better on aggressive deficit. Whereas when we talk about females, uh, females tend to have, um, smaller frames in terms of structure uh, we talked about hormonal fluctuations and um, in a lot of cases i wouldn't really recommend an aggressive calorie deficit for um, general population female which is not interested at all in competing yeah no i totally agree if someone uh, it's uh, a woman i would probably like not increase the calories uh, in the menstrual cycle week or period like those 10 days um and uh, just because like the um, immune system is so lowered uh, and uh, yeah the mood as well is not great so 
um, you don't want to have even another big stress like an aggressive deficit. Um, if I catch a bean, I think like as well, uh, people with a, a, exactly like a high level of body fat who want to see some fast results, I think that's important. If you don't care about fast results, um, you know, you don't need to do such an aggressive deficit because that's pretty invasive, um, as we said a few times. Um, and uh, I would say as well, if you are someone who like to train, you like to as well look great, you want to improve the way you look and feel in your body, uh, but uh, you also care about your strength. You, let's say that you are someone who play cross, like who does CrossFit every week, uh, and you have a community of friends uh, you do CrossFit with, and you don't want to notice uh, like uh, that now you can't keep up with the others. Now you have to drop 10 kilos on that snatch. And uh, if you care about those things uh, um, and you want to see improvement in this period of time, don't do an aggressive deficit because you are going to feel shit. Okay, you're going to feel worse than you were feeling before. That's a massive uh, thing. Um, and then um, I think like if you are exactly, it's not good for you if you don't know how to revert this approach. If you have no experience with calorie counting, no experience with diet at all, it's a little bit of a um, risk. Like you are doing something that is quite extreme. So I know how I, know how I will feel when I will eat more. I will not feel full. Even uh, leading to the photo shoot, I plan to revert the calories back up because I don't want to look skinny. I want to look toned and muscular and fit. So I'm going to eat more carbs uh, the three days before leading to the photo shoot. Um, so uh, yeah, water and sodium, there is no extreme approach in that. There is just a little bit of a manipulation of those variables uh, to improve body composition. But I will not feel satisfied from those three days because I've been aggressive. And uh, the aggressive approach mess up a little bit with your hormonal profile, in particular leptin and ghrelin, so that they are the hormones responsible for making you feel full after a meal and hungry before a meal. They are not signaling properly to the brain. So you basically don't feel hungry, like don't feel full when you have stuff in the stomach and uh, you feel hungry when in, in fact you still have stuff in the stomach. So the, regardless of what you eat, uh, you feel hungry. <laughs> so I know that I'm prepared and I will know that uh, it's okay. I ate a bit bowl of pasta and I'm still hungry, but that's fine. It's gonna change it with the, with the time. And here, just again, because you mentioned body composition, I think that's another element which has to be taken into account is uh, body composition. It's as simple as it is. When we talk about someone who's been from injury and the person uh, shows increased levels of atrophy, for example, muscle waste, uh, it wouldn't be pretty smart to get in an aggressive calorie deficit because what's going to do that aggressive calorie deficit is going to increase uh, the how much fat-free mass you lose. So here we talk about muscle. So here we talk about people which already don't have an increased level of, of muscle mass. When you get yourself into an aggressive calorie deficit, you're going to lose much more muscle. Just to make uh, to give you a simple example, Hypothetically, when you have a uh, conservative weight loss uh, deficit, you will lose about at least 0.3 um, out of a kilogram of muscle. So that would be uh, on each kilogram lost, you potentially lose about 300 grams of muscles. Yes. So when you increase that, that um, deficit, especially if you're coming after an injury um, and you have some levels of atrophy, that will just increase how much muscle you you lose. So that's again one case in which you have to be pretty careful about yeah. deciding on an aggressive deficit. I totally agree. 
on that. And that's very powerful for the people who are listening, because if you think to just start with an aggressive deficit, expect to lose some mass, okay? Now, if you are an athlete, like someone with interest in bodybuilding or powerlifting, and you are training like for 11 months a year to build muscle, and now you do a month of calorie deficit aggressively, like the benefit of that month um, and uh, the fact that you have 11 months on your shoulder of building muscle will probably be counterbalanced and you'll still have more muscle than you would uh, um, otherwise. But uh, um, yeah, it's, it's something very powerful. If you don't train at all, expect to lose the muscle that you already have. Yeah, absolutely. And the problem with, with this is it's not going to be sustainable. So if you think about someone who doesn't train at all and goes for an aggressive, like genuinely, I wouldn't advert I wouldn't advise anyone that is not training at all to go for an aggressive calorie deficit because unless you have a coach when you can obviously again reverse that very carefully yeah when you don't train and you go for an aggressive phase um you don't have besides talking about that basal metabolic rate resting metabolic rate you don't have anything else to compensate so if you don't increase your non-exercise activity if you don't train um when you get to a stage where you are happy with your body weight due to the aggressive calorie deficit, you're going to rebound through the fact that you're going to try to reduce that calorie deficit, but you don't have other factors to compensate through the fact that you are now trying to eat more. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It does make sense. And maybe we can give some basic like idea of how long we should do it for if we decide to go for an aggressive deficit what would you say is a realistic time frame or even if it's not in terms of days or month uh, maybe in relation to the body weight drop yeah so i think the taking each context uh, individually is the best option so just having um the coach or yourself to look at some biological weekly markers looking at your psychological state looking at the progress as well how do you feel hunger levels um all these elements for which a simple check-in will do the job just analyzing some weekly markers and when you see those markers dropping that's the point where you you might know that you need to to do a change um, because it's really hard to identify those factors if you are looking only on the superficial side of it, only on body images, for example, I think. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I think like, uh, so if we can give a little bit of context, the people in the research I was referring to, if I don't recall wrong, they lost uh, like a total of 15% of their initial body weight in a period of eight to 11 weeks before i said 10 to 11 but uh, if i think properly i think it's an average of 8 to 11 weeks because everyone lost weight with slightly different rates um so that's 15 percent of your body weight so that's basically a man of 100 kilos it's 15 kilos in 10 weeks 11 weeks maximum so um, yeah we are talking and then they reverted back to maintenance so they were in deficit for only maximum of 10 weeks um, some people as little as eight weeks. So they died for two months and they lost 15 kilos, which is pretty significant. Um, the people in the tight t-shirt transformation with a more conservative approach, they lose between five to 10 kilos in a period of 12 weeks. Um, but of course, everyone have different uh, level of initial level of body fat, which is very important to, to say. I think uh, like uh, you can aim for at least a 1% drop of your body weight per week and uh, you can do it uh, for at least four weeks like i'm doing it for only a couple of like two weeks and the last week was less aggressive this week is really aggressive um it's more of a like a peak week strategy um, um 
but I think like uh, you don't want to lose like uh, 20 kilos in a month or like you know 30 kilos in two months that's way too much um, so I think like if you achieve a 15% reduction of your initial body weight you can then uh, have a look at the picture before and after check how you feel check if uh, as, as, as you said like there are major downside in your life maybe you don't sleep anymore maybe you feel you know, you have arguments every day with everyone and you hate the world. And, you know, that those are pretty, or maybe like your joints feel bad. Uh, you're, you don't recover from your training. You feel very slow. Like you notice all those, um, like, yeah, your energy during the day is slower. Uh, you don't feel motivated to train and diet anymore. So those are pretty clear sign that uh, um, if you take the metaphor of an elastic band and you're pulling it, as you create a deficit, you go farther from the center. Uh, but the longer you deficit, the longer you stretch the band and the more your body wants to be back at the initial situation. So not necessarily like doing it for a long period of time is better. Actually, the more you do it, the more you will want to gain all the weight back. So I think it's uh, something definitely like achievable, 15% of your, your body weight. Um, and then assess the situation. You can ask for a... a uh, feedback. Um, I mean, me and you, Andre, we are always happy to give free feedback. Um, I have uh, a free Facebook group, one for Italian, one for English. Um, it's called the Lean Muscle Warriors. You can find it on Facebook and it's a free private group. So there you can ask me questions. I do lives, I do weekly posts. Uh, and uh, yeah, you can ask, send me your picture and I can uh, you know, give you an opinion if uh, based on what is uh, yeah, your progress, I can tell you if you should continue or if it's better to revert and yeah, go back to maintenance and surplus. And feel free to give uh, a follow to Andre. Uh, Andre, do you want to remind us uh, your uh, username on Instagram? You can find me on uh, my Instagram on double A S physical. Um, and you can find me on Facebook as well. Andre Shkeol, that's going to be harder for you to write it down unless you are Romanian. So just stick with the Instagram. <laughs> Uh, we, we're going to drop that, uh, your username in, um, in the show notes. Uh, Andre, before uh, we wrap it up, I think we can uh, just uh, give uh, a little bit more content uh, about uh, training. So um, the, yeah, the training side, what uh, should we change it? Should we do something different? Should we avoid something in particular? I mentioned something about training earlier, but I'd love to hear your feedback about it. Okay, so when it comes to training, I think when we're looking on what people in this industry are doing, and recently what we see is that people will tend to prioritize strength over volume. So in a lot of cases, you just, as you go with a aggressive deficit, you try to decrease the volume. So if you're doing, for example, four sets, three, four sets on one, one exercise. Once you go through an aggressive deficit and you find out that it takes longer to recover, you'll just try to maintain the weight and your strength levels as much as you can, but you'll decrease the volume so you can get to one, two sets per session. And I think that would be just fine. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of uh, people out there which are not competing, it's pretty important to take into account what um, other activities you are involved in. Um, just a simple thing to take into account if your sport involves more contact or it it involves more technical points um, you to an extent you'll have to be careful with the way you train because the risk of injury will be increased if you talk about contact sport you'll be more prone to injury uh, if we talk about 
being involved in Olympic weightlifting, it's going to be much harder for you to perform all those technical points due to because due to because due to the fact that you are in a calorie deficit, which is aggressive. You're not going to have the same levels of concentration. You're going to feel weak. You're not going to have the mental capacity to to emphasize and concentrate on all those elements. Uh, when it comes to um, cardiovascular training, um, I think it really depends on. on uh, each case so i have cases in which i i did the opposite so in some cases because the uh, the calorie deficit was aggressive i um, decreased the cardio training just because i wanted those uh, uh, clients to be able to recover better after the resistance training sessions and in some other cases uh, in which someone has a really important deadline you might even increase uh, the levels of uh, um, cardiovascular training just to be able to to increase a bit that deficit in those last stages before an event yeah yeah i i, I totally agree on that uh, and especially on the part uh, of uh, actually reduction uh, in terms of uh, um, volume so the um, one thing i would suggest uh, like uh, trying to be oversimplifying is to stay away from failure stay away from uh, like a massive disruption in your training like if you were training hard before you don't want to train as hard and like as much as before just because your ability to recover it's lower okay so you can even ask more from your body and keep training the same way but your recovery will be lower so you will struggle to keep up with your usual workouts that uh, is something that is not straight away like you might, yeah, you might be able to do it for like a month and then you notice that you're particularly tired. So maybe like the effect of that comes later. But apart from that, I've, I think like this is an area where people overthink that because uh, most of the people, they don't train as hard to like accumulate so much fatigue um, and probably their body can do more than they think. Um, whether if you're working with like an high level athlete uh, you want to or like just like a competitive athlete uh, um, so people who try to get closer to their limit uh, like their physical uh, and their performance limit uh, a little bit more um, then you want to be more careful with that for sure but in that case I wouldn't prescribe an aggressive deficit um, yeah unless it's like a combat sport maybe like where they have to make a weight class okay then in that case uh, I can expect a reduction, a short reduction in performance, um, but I probably am able to revert it back or, um, yeah, maybe like test it before. That's so. where it's, it becomes really interesting because we don't talk about uh, um, body fat uh, composition only. We talk about glucose composition. We talk about sodium. And in those sports, it becomes really interesting on the way you actually have to take into account all the other uh, factors. I was... Um, recently listening to a podcast to someone who does this as a profession mm -hmm. helps uh, UFC fighters to just get within the weight for a fight and it's just unbelievable to see the the, the options and the way they adjust uh, their weight for sodium levels through uh, glucose which are stored um, within the muscles as well so I mean, remember that the idea is remember that not um, every loss in weight is due to the, your dropping body fat percentage um we they were mentioning something which is called um non-essential 
body weight. I think that's the way they were mentioning it. I can't remember the name. So non-essential body weight, we don't talk about body fat, fat-free mass. We talk about those other chemical reactions which happen within the body, which to an extent influence your weight quite a lot. And when we talk about, as you said, someone who's a, um, a boxer or a UFC fighter, uh, someone who needs to, to, to get to a specific weight, they yeah. see fluctuations of uh, five, six kilograms per day, which is like morning to evening, which okay. is wow. It's a lot. Yeah. Crazy. And what's the name of the podcast that you want to share that with us? Okay. So because I just mentioned the podcast, the podcast was um, from James Smith. Um, yeah. And uh, he had a guest on the podcast, probably one of the last few. And uh, yeah, I think it's a really interesting one. And you might want to uh, have a listen of that one as well. Yeah, James Smith. If I'm not wrong, uh, it's uh, about uh, it's for people who are like uh, generally interested in uh, fitness uh, and improving their strength and body composition. Uh, so I think it's um, uh, very similar to what we do in this podcast. If I, yeah, if I'm not wrong, I am not listening to that podcast in particular. I think what what they do is more life based. So here we still talk a bit more about. Um, aesthetic side of it bodybuilding resistance training whereas that one is more over lots of other um, fields within the sport they talk about any other sports jiu-jitsu and football and so on cool so andre would you say that uh, like uh, in regards to this aggressive deficit should we change the way we eat should, should we focus on particular foods um, again, we touched upon that, but uh, so we can give some clear um, guidelines. So, again, when we get into an aggressive calorie deficit, um, the food choices will be more and more important. When you have um, less calories, you need to focus more on volume foods, obviously, because you want to um, keep your hunger levels under control. You want to keep yourself as full as you possibly can. And Often we try to do that through getting the food options, which are the least dense in calories with the highest volume. So um, whenever you look on your product, what's the most important element that you, you take into account is not actually the number of calories, but the number of calories per 100 grams, let's say. And that's the first element that you want to look into if you have a product and you want to get yourself in, into an uh, aggressive calorie deficit. In a lot of cases, I found people that they look on a pack and they see, oh, that's not much. That's 100 calories. Well, but what's the amount of that product? Because that's going to make the most impact at the end when we talk about an aggressive calorie deficit. Yeah. What I do you think? totally agree on what you just said. And uh, Andre is referring to the energy density uh, of food. And I think like understanding the difference between uh, an energy dense food and a less energy dense food and a more nutrient dense uh, and uh, less palatable and more uh, volumetric food, it's probably one of the most important skills to have for someone who wants to uh, lose fat on command. Like if you don't understand this difference and you don't understand the difference between a banana and watermelon, you are uh, I actually either relying on my fitness pal a lot or relying on a coach who, or a nutritionist who will tell you what to do, but you will never really be independent when it comes to food choices. So um, uh, in particular of this example, if you take like um, candies and chicken, 
they you can take 100 calories of chicken and 100 calories of, of candies and they, they will both be 100 calories but you will probably notice very clearly that by eating the chicken the 100 calories from chicken you will feel more satisfied and full than uh, uh, eating the candies now people will say oh no actually i'm feeling feeling more satisfied by the candies well you are going to like more the candies you're going to be more um, um, satisfied in terms of food reward but in terms of hunger you'll feel more full with the chicken and um, i think like when you have 800 calories eating the chicken you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast about the thermogenic effect of food Chicken protein in particular have a higher thermogenic effect. That means that our body needs to work harder to digest them. So we'll feel more satisfied by eating them and we'll burn a little bit of calories to digest them, which will make it favorable uh, because we can then afford more volume food. Um, so yeah, I think like uh, just uh, make a plan to get at least two grams of protein per kilo of body weight and uh, just work around that. You can eat some fat and some carbs just to finish the calories allowance for the day, um, but uh, you are uh, here for a, a quite aggressive approach. So yeah, should consider all uh, the upside and downside of, uh, of the matter. And when we think about the question again, which food should I eat? There is one big con here, uh, which we should have been probably mentioned previously is that you need to eat less of what you actually enjoy because as you mentioned that reward stage in which you eat something that you enjoy you have the tendency to to want more of that product so when you limit that to an extent you're going to be able to to eat less if you enjoy ice cream and you have ice cream you will have the tendency to want one more ice cream which will make your dieting in an aggressive phase much harder than it should be Absolutely. We just did a, uh, an episode of the show about that, about food reward. And I think it's something that people underestimate a lot. One of those underrated topics. Um, and uh, yeah, even like simply in terms of uh, like percentage of your daily calories, if uh, like a croissant is 300 calories and you're eating 3000 calories a day, because that's 10%. But what if you are eating um, a thousand calories a day? That's 30%. That's double. And you, you know, the blankets, it's... Uh, it's short, so yeah, you, can't, um, uh, you, you need to make choices. You, and some, for some people, those choices are easy when they're aggressive, the deficit is more aggressive because it's uh, more, uh, it's easier to just say no. Um, although most cases, this is a, a filter because it's a, like covering a black and white approach. Like now the person is uh, expecting like to solve the problem in a shorter period of time to then just enjoy those food again, wait, you are going to want uh, those food even more than before. So be prepared that you, you, you will regain the weight back if you just go by instinct, um, which is very often the case of some people who take coaching for like two months and to get the result and they go very aggressive with their approach. And then in the next month, they gain everything back. Even if it's after the wedding, after the photo shoot, after a holiday, you don't want to go back to your normal life and having to deal with this problem, right? Cool. 100%. Andre, I, is there anything else would you, that you would like to add? And uh, if not, uh, please, uh, um, are you, you, do you have anything coming on? Like, uh, can you update us a little bit on uh, your uh, uh, next project, uh, if you, you're up for it? For the moment, I think that we, we did a pretty good, decent podcast on this subject. Obviously, 
as always, you cannot talk about everything in 30, 45 minutes. So there are a lot more things to cover. And uh, for that, obviously, everyone who's listening, be, f- feel free to, to get into contact with us. In terms of uh, myself, as I said, you can find me on AAAS uh, uh, Physical on Instagram. Uh, what can I say? I'm preparing to do a lower body session. That's my biggest next step for, for now. I'm not thinking long term. I'm just taking easy step by step. So wish me luck on that one. <laughs> I wish you great luck. Uh, enjoy your uh, leg session. And, uh, I love the fact that you're focused on your next action. Like as many people, they spend hours and hours thinking about what they want to achieve at the end of the year, which is cool. But most of the times you want to focus on your next, what you have in front of your nose so that you can do it properly. Um, yes. awesome. yeah. And uh, yeah, Andre, thank you so much for uh, like doing this uh, with us. I really appreciate uh, this conversation. I think it was very helpful. And uh, yeah, if uh, we get a good feedback, guys, uh, we'll uh, do more of it. So please uh, hit us with your questions. You can find us uh, on Instagram. Everything is on the show notes. I need uh, to, to tell you everything. And uh, you, so you can click on that and uh, find us uh, on the social. You can just pop us a DM. Um, in the show notes as well, you'll find the form uh, where you can send uh, me your question, your burning fitness and health question, so that we can create an episode about it. And uh, for today, from Coach Francesco and Coach Andre is everything. Ciao, ciao. Bye-bye.